1: your travel insurance
0: and prepare for takeoff
2: (laughs) hello fellow travelers
1: hey everybody
2: Welcome to episode 94 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today we were recapping our trip to Shenandoah and New River Gorge National Parks and we're gonna give you the best squad tips to do this trip yourself.
1: Brittany and I had taken an East Coast adventure back in early May of this year. We did many different things and visited many different states along the way, but the highlight and the main purpose of this trip was to visit these two national parks that Brittany had just mentioned. And in fact, New River Gorge is America's newest national park, only becoming a national park here in December of 2020.
0: We just watched your whitewater rafting video, and it was so funny. I felt like I was on this trip with you right there in that boat, and it's so cool that you guys were able to see America's newest national park just a couple months after it became a legit national park. It's really cool, and just for everybody listening, this is also my first time hearing all the details of this trip, so I'm so excited. Let's get right into it. Start us off with some of those tips you mentioned, Britt.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So number one tip, as always,
0: is to download
2: offline maps. You're going through some remote regions of Virginia and West Virginia. And it's really important to have offline maps already downloaded to your phone so you can travel safely throughout the states. Did you lose service a lot? Yes, in and out of service between the two
0: states. Mm, Okay.
1: And I just want to clarify here real quick before we get on to that second tip. So Brittany mentioned West Virginia and Virginia for these two national parks. For you guys' information, Shenandoah is in Virginia, New River Gorge, West Virginia.
0: Thank you for that important clarification. It is a
1: very, very important <laughs> clarification because I don't think we touched upon it earlier. But that second tip for you guys is bring some sunscreen. And the reason for it is you are sun exposed. And Shenandoah here, it's a very nice, beautiful mountainous area covered with lush greenery and trees, but there are certain points, and especially depending on what hikes that you do, that you're going to be sun exposed. So you do want to bring that sunscreen.
2: Yeah. And our last tip is to pack synthetic clothing and socks. When you go hiking, you don't want to hike in cotton because if you get sweaty, then the clothing just stays really wet. And same thing when you're on the river, you want synthetic clothing so that it dries really quickly so that when you're in the water, you're not super cold.
0: What is a synthetic material
2: like wool or polyester or like spandex that dries really fast? Okay,
1: yeah, and I forgot to mention when I said sunscreen, also realistically. There are hikes at New River Gorge, but if you can't tell from the name, there's a river. You mentioned that we went whitewater rafting earlier. So, yeah, you're going to be sun exposed while you're on the water also, too. So sunscreen for sure. And, yeah, you do not want to be soaked whitewater rafting and then have that cotton material on you, just really itching, not drying, not doing anything. It's going to make for a really, really uncomfortable experience.
0: All right. So let's get into it.
2: Tell us about your trip. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and start with Shenandoah National Park. It was the first national park that we visited on this trip. And like Jamal mentioned earlier, it is located in Virginia and it's actually the closest national park to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. How far away is it? Only about 75 miles away from D.C. Okay. So it's a really popular park in that sense because dc is such a huge metropolis area and so a lot of people from that area travel over to shenandoah national park because it's just a hop skip and a jump away so was it really busy there well we went on a tuesday and we went on one of the harder hikes and so although it was busy i didn't feel like that area was super packed
1: you know what really surprised me about being out there in this area is that I know that the East Coast is really, really densely populated, more so than the West Coast, right? And you're minus California, but you come to the West Coast and mid the United States, and it's really just sparse. So I knew it was really populated in that area. And then I go and It really is. But there's so much lush greenery and natural forest that's around in that area. So as soon as you get out of the metro area, you're really in this rural mountainous region. And that really took me by surprise. So even though it's only like 75 miles from a big metro area of Washington, D.C., you get out here and it's rather really remote and really, really breathtaking. Just that disparity between the two. So it makes it unique in that sense.
2: Yeah, and it's a really great day trip from D.C. It's also a really good weekend getaway. And Shenandoah is a really long, thin national park. And it follows the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it has so many beautiful features like these rolling foothills, secluded hollows, creeks, forests, waterfalls, and really amazing vista views of the Shenandoah Valley. And one of the major draws to Shenandoah National Park is it has a skyline drive, which is 105 miles that runs from the north side of the park to the south side of the park. And it has over 75 overlooks and it has just like really, really beautiful views of Shenandoah Valley, which is to the west and the Piedmont area of Virginia to the east. So even if you're not a hiker and you just want to take that really scenic drive, you can get out and enjoy
0: all 75 of those really beautiful overlooks if you wanted to. 75, that'll keep you busy all day. That'll
1: take a long time. I even think driving that 105 mile north to south or south to north, I guess, whichever way you decide to enter the park, right? but. That's crazy. It's 105 miles, and that's the main road through the park, the Skyline Drive. And the reason for that is if you have the opportunity, you should really just Google Shenandoah National Park and look at the border boundaries of it. It is the longest, narrowest thing that you've ever seen in your life. It's so oddly shaped. Because if you look into the history of when they were trying to form this park, this was obviously private land owned by people. So they had to do little buyouts here and there, but it really protects that mountain range. But it's just one thin line all the way. So this literally runs through that thin area of the mountain range. That's pretty
0: cool. So when you took this trip, did you guys drive that whole 105 miles? We didn't
2: drive the entire stretch. We drove probably a good 30 mile portion of it. Okay. Okay. Which is just as beautiful. Like, I feel like we got a really good experience even only doing that amount.
1: Because the hike that we did, which we're going to get into very shortly here, you didn't access it from that road. It was actually at the very edge end of the park, and you get in there not through a main entrance. And so when we decided that we were going to be driving a portion of this, we actually had to leave the park, go outside of it, and get to the north end, and then come back down to do that 35-mile stretch. So it's really odd. You can't access everything even from that main road.
2: So the most popular destination in the park is old rag mountain. And we wanted to do the old rag mountain hike, which is a nine mile loop with huge elevation gain. You're hiking about 2,600 feet in elevation gain. And I was reading online that it was going to take anywhere from five to eight hours. So it was going to be a pretty big chunk of our day.
1: And that's why we didn't want to do that whole 105-mile drive after doing that hike. Makes sense. Yeah, it would be way, way too long for that. But like I said earlier, this is in that odd area where you don't access this portion from the main road. And this is the most popular hike from my understanding Mm -hmm. within the park itself. So from the parking lot to start this hike you just really ascend up that whole 2,650 feet that Brittany said. And while you're here, this portion is really, really well shaded. It's awesome, you're walking through all these trees, it's so green, it's so lush. Lush, You even have greenery with ferns growing on the floor, so it's just all around you. But the climactic point is obviously getting to the top of Old Rag, but to get there, you have to do some boulder scrambling to the top so it gets to the point where there's no longer really designated trail you have to hike these boulders obviously they direct you on which way to go and is the most efficient route but it takes a long time once you get to that point to really summit it because you have to take your time climbing these rocks and then sometimes you climb and then you have to fall to only climb right back up because they drop you so really really fun really interesting hike
2: yeah absolutely the rock scramble is one of my favorite parts It's really unique. You're climbing over rocks, under rocks, between rocks. Sometimes you have to drop down in between crevices. So it was a really unique hike. And we have like a ton of squad tips for like this hike in general. So, first off, there are some blue trail markers. So, when you lose the actual trail, you'll see painted on the rocks like a blue rectangle and so you follow those and you'll know that you're following the path
1: the proper path of the boulder scramble
2: yes another squad tip is to wear pants because while you're scrambling over all of these rocks you're gonna get scratched up so the pants are going to protect
0: you in that process we just did a hike here in san diego lawson peak trail and there were boulder scrambles in that one too. So then would you also recommend like a long sleeve shirt for that same reason?
2: I didn't feel like my arms really got the brunt end of it. I felt like my legs did. A long sleeve shirt would be nice, but if it's hotter or you're hiking in the summer months, I don't think it's absolutely necessary.
1: Yeah, and I think the pants are more essential than the long sleeve simply because with your hands, you could at least push yourself up and use them as you know your prop. But depending on how high you're having to really scramble that, you're going to have to set your knee or your shin down on the rock to get that extra support. And so you kind of want that layer because that repetitive push off of that many times to the top is going to put some wear on tear. So the pants are clutch.
0: Was this one of those moments when you slap the ass and say, good game?
1: Oh, no, Well, I can't wait to get to that part, uh, the episode coming up. But that was at New River Gorge, not here.
0: That's a preview from the video that I watched earlier.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And so also hike this hike clockwise. It's going to give you those really amazing views and it's a shorter ascent to the top. So it makes it quicker in that sense. And then it's easier to boulder and rock scramble in this direction than I feel like it would be in the opposite direction.
1: Yeah. And another thing going back to what Brittany just said, we didn't mention about the trail for the doing it the clockwise. It really is the best route because once you're done with the boulder scramble and you're at the top and you go down You are on a trail going through the mountains, through the forest, but at some point you really get to a fire road that they have for service vehicles. That's really part of the trail. And it's actually really, really rather long in there. And even though it seems flat, like you can tell it's actually steep. So you're actually hiking up more in the opposite direction than you would be if you went the other way. So I think you have more of a downhill to reprieve yourself if you do it in the clockwise motion versus counterclockwise.
2: Yeah, and because this is one of the most popular, not the one of the most popular, it is the most popular hike in the entire park, go during the weekday if possible to beat the crowds, try to get there early in the morning to also beat the heat as well, and bring a lunch with you to take to the top. There was plenty of space to spread out and enjoy your lunch with really amazing views of the Shenandoah, like
0: rolling foothills and the lush greenery around you. Okay, two questions. What did you have for lunch and where did you get it?
1: Really, really good questions on that one. Yeah, you want to bring it because there is for sure no place within that area on this hike to get lunch. So what we did, and one of my favorite things about going to the East Coast is they have a grocery store chain called Publix. Maybe you've seen it in Florida, Kim. It's I've heard in about Florida. it. They
0: give away cookies. Uh,
1: well, that's news to me. And I love Publix. So <laughs> next time I go back, I'm going to have to go. But they had a... Publix that was by the hotel that we were staying at. So we got the sandwich the night before because we were leaving so early in the morning before the grocery store even opened. And so we got one of their deli sandwiches, which I love. Every time we go to a state that has Publix, we really get one. And so (laughs) that was our lunch. And then we kept it in our collapsible cooler, which we bring, which we should put in the show notes here for you guys, because we love that. And it's really clutch, especially if you're going to be doing hiking. And so we had a beautiful deli sandwich at the summit overlooking so bomb.
0: Yeah, we actually have a page on our website where we link to all of the travel products that we recommend. So I'll not only link it in our show notes, but I will put it on that page on our website so anybody can go and buy it off Amazon real quick. But I have a follow up question you mentioned there's a Publix next to the hotel you stayed at. Where did you stay? What city? What was the hotel? And do you remember how much you paid per night?
1: Yeah. So I said hotel, we actually stayed in a timeshare this time. We exchanged our timeshare and it was in Williamsburg, Virginia. So we used Williamsburg really as our hub. And so I forgot how long did it take to get from Williamsburg to Shenandoah. It was about three three hours. hours. Yeah, so rather far. And we knew from Shenandoah we were going to be continuing on the next day to go to New River Gorge to do the whitewater rafting. So we drove after that fact. So that was the only time after our hike here at Shenandoah that we did not stay at our timeshare. And what was the timeshare called? Uh, The timeshare was called the Colonies, I believe.
0: The Colonies at Williamsburg. And would you recommend...
2: Yeah, we had a really nice timeshare. It was two bedrooms, two bathrooms, kitchen, living room, nice. a really nice area. Tons
1: of space for you too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there was the option to do the one or the two bedroom and then it was like only one or two points more to exchange it for that. And even though we weren't really using it or having anybody else with us, it's always nice to have the space. Did you sleep in both beds? We did not. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I take that back. Brittany and I got in a fight one night. I slept in the other <laughs> <I'm> room. <lying. laughs> I know, I know
2: but you know jamal did mention that the drive was three hours and i was looking at the route trying to see if there were any like subways along the way and all of the subways along the way didn't open until like 10 a.m which was going to be much later than we wanted to get to the trailhead plus still like a drive distance from where we were so that's why we got the public sandwich the day before and packed it in our collapsible cooler which was super clutch
1: and if you're feeling concerned, oh, how's a sandwich going to hold I on me for concerned. a day? Well, Brittany was concerned me on too. that, yes. And I was telling her like we're not really seeing anything else. And I love Publix; like I get excited <laughs> when I get to a state that has Publix. So I told Brittany, I said, I'm positive it's going to hold well. It's fine. Like let's just get it, put you it had in the fridge. I had faith, and let me tell you something: sandwich held like a champ. It was so good at the fricking top; <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it held well. So don't worry about that. I mean, if it was on like flatbread like white bread wheat bread probably wouldn't have hold but it's like on a hoagie so it's oh. good yeah
2: yeah another thing too that i read prior to going on this trip was that there's a lot of false summits on the trail and although the view is super beautiful you're not at the summit until there's a sign saying you're at the summit so we would get to a point where like is this the top it looks like the top how much further could we really go because your sun exposed at this point and you've gone through parts of the rock scramble but literally you're not there until the sign says you're there.
1: Yeah, because Brittany told me that as we were hiking out that there's lots of false summits. And then you do the scramble. And because you're so close to the rocks, you really can't see further. So you think you got to it. And at one point, like we saw like, oh, the trail continues. But we really thought at one time we were actually at the summit. So we started taking like a few photos and continued on and then realized, oh, it's actually just right behind here. And that's where we finally had the sandwich. But actually, the majority of our photos that we're probably going to post, we were maybe about 0.1 of a mile away from it where we were taking. Did
0: you get a picture of the sandwich?
1: Um, I don't think so. I don't think think so. But uh, just Google public sandwiches. They're bomb.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And as we were talking about
2: the rock scramble, one of the biggest crevices and drops we had between the rocks was probably about a 12 foot drop. And so I'm sure I'm like five feet. So there were times that like you're using your hands and your legs and then you're scooting your body as far down on the rock. And then you just kind of have to let yourself drop a little bit to like get to the next point. And that can be a little scary when Mm -hmm. you're five feet tall. (laughs) And that's one of the things too is like, had we done this hike in the opposite direction? I don't know how I would have gotten back up. Like Jamal would have had to prop you up there. Seriously. Like it's easier to go down than it is to go up like a 12 foot crevice. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's pretty much old rag. We made it to the top. So, so beautiful. Like I said, the opposite way down that we went, you're going down a trail through the mountains. Eventually the majority of the way if you go clockwise here, is going to be that fire service road. It gets relatively flat, so it's nice, but it's still at an angle. So it's a nice reprieve for you. And I think it's best really to go that way for sure.
2: Yes, absolutely. And then when we were done with the hike, that's when we wanted to drive the Sky Ridge Parkway. And we did see some of those overlooks. And we wanted to go to the visitor center to pick up our Christmas ornament and get some souvenirs. And there's a lot of camping in that area. So there was actually a shop next to the visitor center that sold like beer and coffee and snacks and all Did of that Did you get stuff. anything?
1: Uh, we picked up some beer oh, so that nice. when we got to our hotel in West Virginia, we can crack one. I mean, that was a nine mile hike mm-hmm. and it's exhausting doing that boulder scramble. Well, well worth it. But we thought we needed some well-deserved cervezas after the fact. So we picked up the beers there. And for a visitor center to national park, they were selling it very inexpensively. I mean, they were selling like tall cans for like $250. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. And they had some of their local craft beer in that area Ooh. there as well. So, really good stuff.
0: There's nothing like a hike and a beer that Seriously. goes better together.
2: Yeah, it was so good. So, they also had a gas station at the top. And did you hear about the cyber attack on the Colonial? Oh, P- of course. Yeah. You guys were in that? Oh, yes. we, we were
1: in that mess. We had issues finding gas.
2: So if y'all don't remember or you don't know what it was, there was a cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline, which supplies a lot of the gas to like the East Coast states. And so Virginia was one of the most affected states, along with like North Carolina, South Carolina, I think, and into Georgia. Even down to Nashville. Yeah. So um, we get to the gas station and we're like, this is a good place to fill gas because we're going to move on to West Virginia. And it was going to be quite a drive afterwards, like a three hour drive. When we were on our way to Shenandoah, it was pretty remote. So there wasn't a lot of gas stations along the way. And we pull up to that gas station and it's shut off. And someone pulls up next to us and they're like, Have you heard about the cyber attack? And we're like, What? No? Oh, it just said started. It had just started.
1: Well, apparently it had started a couple of days before, but no one really knew about it because there was supply. And then it started to gain news traction at this point. And so I hadn't heard. I mean, we were driving that whole day. We're on vacation. I'm not really listening to the news. So as I'm trying to fill and there's no gas, I'm waiting for Brittany to actually come back from the visitor center to bring me a Red Bull because I changed my mind. I was like, oh, you know what? I should probably just get it now if we're going to fill gas here. So... Britney comes out. I'm like, this lady's telling me that there's absolutely no gas like whatsoever. Like there's a shortage. There's a cyber attack. And sure enough, luckily, you know, we actually had service in this area, ironically. So I Google it. And the first thing I see is gas shortages on the East Coast. Oh I'm gosh. like, fuck, man, I got a three hour drive ahead of me here to get to West Virginia. I already don't really have a lot of gas. So it started to make me kind of like panic in a sense, because I was did like, you
0: have a freak out?
1: I did not have a freak out, no. <laughs> but uh, I was like, all right, I mean, we just got to drive. And so the first gas station that we saw as we were leaving the park, not the one obviously by the visitor center, I told Brittany, I said, oh, I got to fill gas. And there was already a line there of people waiting to fill. Mm-hmm. So we spent about 45 minutes waiting in line for the gas. The gas. And no. then some raggedy bitch, I hate to use that expression, cut the line and nobody said anything to her. And then she took forever because then she brought out her like gas canister jugs, then filled her own car and was taking all this time, which was rather annoying. Yeah. So we were in it and, you know, (laughs) realistically, we're not going to talk about it probably too much more on this portion here because we experienced it more once we got back to like Virginia and did our other stuff, not when we're at the national parks, but there was times where We had to go to like four or five gas stations before we finally found gas. And if there was gas, it wasn't regular unleaded. It was premium. Premium, And that was all that was left. Can
0: you use premium in a car that takes unleaded? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, because premium is unleaded. It's just like a higher grade uh, and stuff like
0: that. Wow. What a day to be on a road trip.
1: Yeah, it was kind of, uh, but we got real quick though. I know we're talking about this. I just want to mention on that drive, it's very scenic. And so if you can actually complete it, not gonna be doing hiking, it would be nice. If you're lucky, you can catch a lot of wildlife. You can see deer. There's even black bears in that area. We were really hopeful that we would see bear. Even on the old rag hike we did, we saw the sign saying, be bear aware. So they're in the area. Did you
0: have your bear spray?
1: We did not have bear spray. No, we've had this discussion before. Black bears don't really concern me to get uh, bear (laughs) spray. Although I say that and, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. That's going to be the one time I get attacked by a bear. It might be a black bear. And then I'll have to take it back. But you can see amazing wildlife. And that's all I just really wanted to say, because I don't think we touched on that.
0: About the gas, though. I can imagine Virginia, West Virginia has a lot cheaper gas than California where we live. What was the gas price like there
1: the, with the shortage? Well, the governors of those states declared a state of emergency. So when they do that, technically people can't raise the prices to price gouge on oh, you. So they good. actually stayed the same. And I think the average gas price was around like 250 to 270 is what we saw.
0: Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Nice, because we're over here at like $470. 470. Uh, yeah,
1: sometimes I think the highest we saw was actually... 299 maybe 315
2: it was was in the threes for sure well
1: low threes but consistently i feel like most of it was around 299 we find it in the 275 range
0: i think that's such a good squad tip for someone looking to do an affordable road trip if you want to fly somewhere and then rent a car choosing a place that has cheaper gas you can see more for less absolutely you can
1: And so from this point on, we were again driving to West Virginia. We had just filled gas after waiting in that line. And we thought to ourselves, "Okay, we should be fine in West Virginia because West Virginia shouldn't be affected. They don't receive their gas from the colonial pipeline. Mm -hmm. But where we were staying was so close to the border of Virginia, like five miles over that everybody there had a panic. Uh, so we were able to get gas, but one location was out, and then the Walmart gas station was the only one that still had gas, but it was premium only, I think, There was at that two point. gas stations out. Yeah.
2: And then the Walmart only had premium, and we're like, we'll take it.
1: So the panic buys came into states that shouldn't have even been affected.
0: Did we learn anything from the toilet paper shortage? No, no, no we did people not. People were putting gas in plastic bags. Like, did you see those
2: memes on the internet? Like people were putting gas in totes, gas (laughs) in plastic bags. Like they were just putting gas wherever they can put it.
0: And now there's going to be a gas surplus.
1: I know. Well, they said if people weren't panic buying, there would be no gas shortage. Shortage. If people were just buying it at the rate in which they needed it, they'd be fine. But because it got out on the news, then it just created the whole... Panic and onslaught.
2: I saw someone with their um, what's it called? Their lawnmower in the back, so that they could feel like the lawnmower oh tank God. with gas. Because like, it's you... going to be
0: really important to mow your lawn I mean, in that moment. And maybe
1: they thought it's something to hold gas, and I could siphon from here. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, people were getting crazy out there.
0: I mean, you didn't really know what was going to happen with that ransom attack, and luckily, the company they actually paid over four
1: million dollars in Bitcoin, nonetheless. I heard it's crazy.
0: Oh shit! Wow. Learn a
2: lot from that. Hey travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our traveler itineraries that we've created just for you We now have six different trip itineraries One week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip
1: A week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks
2: A road trip adventure featuring all three of
0: Washington State's national parks
1: Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks
0: we are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions, plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights
2: on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking all all of the guesswork from the planning. So all that you have to do is show up and have fun.
1: Purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $30. So travel on over and get yours today.
2: But anyways, enough about the gas shortage. (laughs) We didn't go on this trip to talk about the gas shortage. So we did make it to Lewisburg, West Virginia, and that was where we were going to stay for our adventure into New River Gorge National Park. And did you stay at a new place, not the timeshare? We didn't stay at the timeshare since it was farther away. We stayed at a hotel. We stayed at a Holiday Inn that had a breakfast buffet.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so Lewisburg, like I said, was about like 10 miles over the border from virginia into west virginia new river gorge is about an hour drive away from here mileage wise it's actually relatively close it's just because the highway that you have to go on is not like interstate standards right it's not like a double lane you're going through mountain roads so mileage wise not too far away so we thought that this was a good spot for us
0: okay and you have to take us through the spread i've got to know i haven't seen a breakfast buffet in
1: years
2: Oh, my God. They had a lot of things. They had one of those automatic pancake makers oh. that makes two pancakes in Ooh. less than a minute. You know what and the, best, the perfect size?
1: Yeah. You know what the best part about that was, Kim? You weren't there to steal my pancakes like you did the last time we had that pancake. <laughs> and maker. then
0: have the dough run out on you. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> They also had like yogurt, cereals, mm. oatmeals. They had their cinnamon rolls because Holiday Inn always has their cinnamon rolls. There was fruit. There was a lot of fruit. There
1: was the veggie omelet. The veggie and omelet. The, uh, I mean, the cheese
2: omelet. Mm-hmm. Um, the turkey sausages. Yeah, there was a lot of good I think options. I just might
0: have to go and just stay there just for this. Uh, you know,
1: Holiday Inn, I feel like, has a pretty consistent breakfast buffet spread. I feel like a lot of the times that we've stayed at a Holiday Inn and they've had a breakfast buffet, like 90% of the stuff that we just described, they always have. at yeah. the other ones. Maybe there's like one or two rotations on something.
0: Mm-hmm. I've seen all of that before at the Holiday Inn that we've stayed at. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. That's amazing. So I
2: had to post a story and I was like, rare sighting, breakfast (laughs) buffet.
0: (laughs) I will have to add it to our highlight on our page for the breakfast buffets.
2: Yeah. So this national park wasn't on our original itinerary. We knew in advance we were going to Williamsburg. We were going to use it as a hub and all of that. And Shenandoah was on our original itinerary. But New River Gorge National Park wasn't. And Jamal had actually said, you know, I don't think we're that far from New River Gorge and its iconic bridge that spans the river. And we looked at it and we're like, no, it's too far away. But the moment it became a national park back in December, 2020, we're like, we're going to find a way to add it to this itinerary. Like we have to.
1: Yeah. Because if we were to drive from Williamsburg to here, it's like a five hour drive. And I don't mind driving a lot in a day. And we did a lot of driving for other stuff that we did on this trip when we went to DC and Maryland and whatnot, but none of them were really, you know, five-hour drives and so like Brittany said we had that whole conversation but it wasn't a national park because this trip was planned like from july or august of last year mm-hmm. uh, we wow. had made plans that we were going to be going here to williamsburg and you Shenandoah. booked this trip
0: 10 months in advance oh yeah wow Yeah. And so did you have to change your dates to extend to go to New River Gorge? No. No, So we had some like
2: wiggle room in our original itinerary and we had originally thought we were going to pop down in North Carolina and instead we didn't do that and went to West Virginia instead. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. So once this became a national park, we're like, we're adding it to the itinerary. We've got to go. And that's why this is the one night we did not stay at the timeshare. We're like, all right, we have to get a hotel and we made it work and it was really, really fun. So again, it's about an hour drive from Lewisburg here. And It's still so new, none of the signs there even really say National Park. It was a national river, and national like recreation area, but it's so new, nothing says National Park still. But they do have a visitor center because it was still under the jurisdiction of the National Park Service. And the visitor center, I would highly recommend going to, not that the visitor center itself is spectacular, but there's a walkway bridge that they build on the side of the mountain that gives you amazing views of this bridge that spans the gorge and the river. And it's so iconic. I think it's like the largest arched bridge in the Western hemisphere and super, super tall, super beautiful.
2: Third highest bridge in the United States
0: in general. It was giving me vibes of Big Sur.
2: Yeah, it does kind of have that feeling, but this does span the river. And the reason why it was created was to reduce a 40-minute drive down these mountain roads. Just to get
1: to the other side. To get
2: to the other side to under a minute. Nice.
1: So it really helped the local population. I think they built this in the 70s, right? The bridge in the 70s.
0: And it's still, it's an actual bridge you can drive. Oh, yeah.
1: It's really cool. If you go online... They have certain events on this bridge where they'll close it down. They'll actually put vendors out there. People can oh God, walk cool. across like on the anniversary of its opening date. I forgot what that was.
2: There's like a annual bridge date. So they like shut the bridge down and they have all these vendors out there and you can walk it.
1: Yeah, and they'll have people base jump off of there oh, wow. down the river and then land onto the the side. Oh, I knew of that. They told us that when we were there. And then I just came across a video when we got home that I sent to Brittany on Instagram of someone being launched off a catapult from the bridge, doing his base jump and just popping his chute. And I sent that to Brittany and she's like, fuck, no, I would not do do that? that.
0: That's crazy. I've seen experiences where they'll do like pop up dinners with these huge long tables on bridges like that. And I've always wanted to do something like that. This bridge would be beautiful for something like that.
2: Yeah, and I feel like it has the adequate amount of space to do that too. And this bridge is one of the most photographed places in West Virginia because of the beauty of the bridge and then the surrounding area with the river
0: flowing underneath it. Do you think there's a lot of other competing beautiful sites out in West Virginia? How was it there?
1: West Virginia was beautiful. At least the area that we saw of West Virginia was really, really beautiful. I
0: bet you it's beautiful in the fall. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Everything was just so green. So green.
0: So, yeah. So green. I imagine that's like red and orange and brown and green. Oh, my gosh. The fall. Gotta go.
2: So when we were thinking about New River Gorge National Park, we were like, what should we do? And it's like when you go to the Grand Canyon, you can't go to that area and not see the Grand Canyon. And so this is called New River Gorge for a reason. So we were like, you know what? this area is known for whitewater rafting we have to book a whitewater rafting adventure and i am so glad we did
1: (laughs) can you believe it Brittany said no hike a whitewater raft instead because there's hiking in the area and supposedly there's this one really good hike that will give you amazing views of the bridge i forgot what it is called so for that i do apologize but if i'm being completely honest I would not do any hiking here if you have limited time you need to do the whitewater rafting if you're going to do one thing
2: so i had looked up some companies and we settled on a company called adventures on the gorge and i wouldn't say we settled we were stoked with our experience it was amazing and they actually have a whole like recreational area where they have like cabins and they have a gift shop and like a little restaurant and a bar and they have a pool and the pool has a deck that has amazing views of the bridge from their area. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good spot in general. Um, and their their experience and their hospitality just was amazing. Like Aww. it was over the top. It was more than I was expecting. What was the cost? We paid about 110 per person. Okay. And what did that include? So it included your raft, all of your gear, and the four-hour adventure on the water, plus a lunch. Ooh.
1: Well, you shouldn't say all the gear. It included uh, pretty much everything you would expect. However, when we were there, even though it was in May, it should have been warmer. They were telling us it's unseasonably cold, but they go rain or shine. I mean, you're going to get wet anyway, so they don't care (laughs) if it's raining on you, right? They don't
2: care if it's snowing. Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) So they actually rent wetsuits, Specific wetsuits that are conducive to the white water rafting and then an over jacket that's water wicking and everything like that. And so. So that
0: was not included in the
1: 110. That was not included because that's an extra because realistically, if you're going to be going during the summer, you don't want that. It's actually too hot. It's going to be cold. So since that's like something that's more seasonal and for convenience, that was what? 25 a person extra to rent that, which was well worth it because by the time we checked in in the morning, it was 49 degrees. I don't want to be spending five hours in the water when it's 49 degrees and the water is just as cold right so we did the wetsuit so that's the only thing that that 110 didn't include
2: yeah when i said gear i meant like your helmet your paddle your life vest like that type okay. of gear
1: i'd hope they'd provide that and, <laughs>
0: yeah no life vest you're in west virginia <laughs> so you booked it direct from them not through like viator or something direct like that through them yeah okay and then what did they give you for lunch
2: So they had a little spread where you can make your
0: own sandwich. And how was the sandwich as compared to Publix?
1: I mean, I don't want to knock on this because I enjoyed (laughs) Adventures on the Gorge so much. Like Brittany said, the hospitality and everything was just so great. But you cannot compare the sandwich (laughs) they provided me on the banks of the river here to a Publix sandwich. I'm just going to say that. But in general, I was stoked with it. They had a whole selection of meats, your breads. Obviously, they had your mayo mustard. They had potato salad, tuna mm. salad. They had fresh fruit for Ooh, you, chips cake. and salsa. They a red, brought a cake a red on the Velvet cake, yeah, bomb. That looked
2: homemade. It didn't look store bought. It looked homemade.
1: It was a good lunch for what you're doing, right? I mean, it's not like someone's coming to meet you at the banks of the river and providing it to you. They have to pack it, and so for what it is, with cool. re- them packing it, it's great.
2: Yeah, and I do have some squad tips for y'all research that weather before you go. Because like Jamal said, it was like 49 degrees when we checked in in the morning. And I hadn't really thought about it that much. And so I had brought synthetic clothes. I had workout shorts and I was going to wear a bathing suit underneath my getup. And then I was going to wear a like windbreaker jacket and like a light sweater and whatnot. And when we got up to the point where we could check in, We said, do you think this is enough to wear? Like, do you think we're going to be cold on the water? He said, ma'am, I would wear everything you're wearing plus a wetsuit. So I was like, all right, I'm pretty ill-prepared.
1: I don't think we're ill-prepared. I think, again, unseasonable cold weather for the time that we were there i mean if you're going earlier on in the winter or fall and it's that cold then yeah maybe you would have been unprepared but
0: were you guys fine though with like you're actively paddling and i saw your face in that video and you were getting it
1: oh i was trying (laughs) i was trying to get it that's for sure (laughs)
0: were you warmed
1: up or were you still cold no when you have the wetsuit you're good you're good i
2: think the wetsuit if i hadn't had the wetsuit i would have been miserable it was really it was a really nice addition okay And then another squad tip is to make sure you bring a towel and a change of clothes to leave in your car so that when you get back, you can change right away and get warm because sometimes the water was warmer than the air on the river because there's like that wind factor and the wind chill. And so once you're just kind of sitting there and you're not actively paddling, you do get a little chilly. The experience you're going to have is so great. Like they don't expect any tips, but it's nice to tip your guide because you do build like a personal relationship with your guide. You're with him for four hours during the day. You have a really awesome experience. So it's always nice to end on that.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, we first got there at... 10 a.m. because that's when they wanted us to go ahead and check in. But realistically, you get there at 10, you're not going to be in the water at 10. By the time they give you your safety demo, explain the whole situation to you, make the mood a little bit lighter with jokes, even though they're telling you that possibly you can die here, (laughs) which I don't say that to scare you. I mean, that's the reality, right? Anytime you're on water, I mean, you go to the beach to go swim in the ocean, you could die, right? I mean, so they have to tell you this stuff. So they make it really informative of fun and light, but they make you feel safe because realistically it is safe. They're very well trained and you get there. Then you have your ride on the bus, which takes about 30 minutes to the point on the river Mm -hmm. where we're going to go ahead and launch. And then you're on the water for about four to five hours. That includes your 45 minutes for lunch. And then you end. And when you end, they take you on the bus back. They provide drinks for you at the end what Alcohol- kind of alcoholic beverages oh, kim alcoholic beverages what did yeah. they have oh they had tons of stuff i got a tall can of sierra nevada they had mm-hmm. beer and all sorts of stuff i think they even had like a mimosa like mix mimosa yeah
2: mix and whatnot
1: so they take care of you at the end so all around great experience but why don't you tell them a little bit of like what happened on the river, Brittany?
2: Well, before we even get on the river, Jamal was saying we were driving in that bus, and Ray, the main guy, he was just cracking jokes left and right on, like, if you fall out of the boat, how to get back in. And how do whatnot. you get back
0: in when you fall out?
2: So he was saying, like, you basically have to grab on the boat and then use your strength to pull yourself up and just kick your feet constantly to try to like anchor (laughs) over. And then someone in the boat can try to pull you Mm -hmm. in. And he was saying, and when you pull them over, you slap their ass real hard and you say, good game because if you add the good game that's how you avoid sexual harassment (laughs) out in West Virginia
0: (laughs) nice nice
1: and so there was one point I was telling you this Kim when we were watching the uh, video we were fortunate enough that no one really fell out but they gave us opportunities to get out of the water and just like float down and Brittany partook in that along with someone else who was in our boat and so that guy who was in our boat who had gotten out I happen to be closest to him trying to get in. So I was like pulling him in as he's flailing his legs. And I mean, it's tough to get back in. Everyone looks like a stupid beached whale, like trying to like get in and flopping around like a fish. But uh, I grabbed him and, you know, in the spirit of what Ray said, I wouldn't have done this if it was a girl obviously, but since he was a guy, I slapped him on the ass. I was like, good game, man. Oh good my game. God. So, you slapped
0: a strange man's ass. It was
1: all part of the camaraderie and uh, adventure. Like did I said, give you a
0: little swap back. Uh, no, he did not. Cause
1: I was still seated down but then an (laughs) opportunity came where britney was out and then like i pulled her in and i gave her like the double slap and i said it's okay guys she's my wife and uh, it was a good little laughing (laughs) moment no sexual harassment there no
2: and they were like talking about paddle safety and to make sure to have your hands on specific parts of the paddle at all times and they're like if you don't you might knock out someone's teeth and if any of the women get teeth knocked out here They're not going to leave West Virginia because they're going to be a hot commodity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So they play on the stereotypes of their own state. I mean, all these people are from there, but uh, yeah, they make the whole experience really, really fun.
2: Yeah. So then we make it down to the water. We meet our guide. His name was Mike. He was amazing. And then there was three couples in our boat, including us. So two other couples, us and then Mike. So seven people total. And, you know, I didn't know a lot about whitewater rafting. I just thought like you sit inside of the raft. You don't. You don't sit inside of the raft. You sit on the edge of the raft. <laughs> like your, your butt is on the edge so that you have access to the water to paddle through when you get to those rapids. And I also didn't know that you were actively paddling hard through those rapids. Like I thought, and this is my like, naiveness and whatnot, not knowing the experience, I was like, you know, like, when you go through the rapids, like, it's we're just going to be riding these rapids. No, you're (laughs) fucking paddling as hard as you can.
1: If you don't paddle, the rapids are going to win, and it's going to, like, just shoot you all around. So... the, the paddling actually keeps you on trajectory as much as you can. I mean, nature's going to win in a sense, but this really helps keep you straight. And on top of that, believe it or not, the paddling and actively doing it, like when you have your paddle in the water, it keeps a second point really on your body like anchored in because you have that type of uh, resistance. So they're like, you have to paddle for one, safety, and two, this will actually help you from falling out, potentially, because you have, like, a form of resistance. But they also tell you, okay, you're on the edge, there's certain spots in the boat where you, like, you tuck in your heel and your toes to kind of, like, anchor yourself in and brace, so they'll tell you when you got to brace, how to do it. So, I mean, it's really comprehensive. You're not just being thrown out into the wild, in a sense.
0: We have some video footage, like we talked about, of your experience whitewater rafting, and we're going to put it on our YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. So go subscribe now so you can see the video. But as I was watching this, I am shocked that you didn't fall out. You guys are just like going up and down and waves are crashing over and you're like underwater. Like, how did you survive this
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think it was through like the active paddling and then our guide was so great like right when we started and we were on calm water he practiced some drills with us like these are the commands i'm going to give you so he'd be like paddle two strokes forward paddle one stroke back and then he was just like guiding us and then before the rapids hit he would say okay This is how we're going to enter the rapids. This is our game plan. If anyone falls out, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to this area. We'll come back and then, you know, you'll be able to swim to us. So it was a lot of prep talk and really good guidance from Mike.
1: Yeah. I mean, each rapid that you come and approach, because it's not like it's continuous rapids. There's calm. And then they range from class one to class five. So really mild ones to a lot more, you know, intense ones. What's
0: the top class that a rapid can go to?
1: I think he said five. I think they have some places in other spots where they have like a special rating of like a six or yeah. something, six plus that he said. I, I don't really remember, but he said that's oh. so rare. Like true standard is like one to five. And,
2: and we went through a lot of five. Yeah.
1: And they know every rapid that's coming up the name, where the rocks are, how the water's supposed to move. So each rapid that you come across before you go through it, they'll give you that briefing that says like here, this one, if you fall out, you need to go to the right. If you fall out, you need to make sure that you go to the left. And so you always felt that comfort factor because one, they know what they're talking about. And two, they're advising you like, should this happen? This is what you need to do. So you really, really feel safe.
2: Yeah. So Jamal was mentioning the class of rapids one through five. So when we got to one of the first sets of rapids, they were pretty easy. It was like a class one. And Mike said, it's a swimmer's rapid. If anyone wants to get out of the raft and swim these rapids, like go ahead and do so. And it was pretty early on in our adventure. And I'm like, I was getting real FOMO. Like if I I don't do it, like, am I going to regret not doing it? Someone else in our boat was like, I think I'm going to have to. I look at Jamal. Jamal's like, you're fucking stupid. I'm not getting in because it looks cold. Um, well, that's
1: no, that's not what it was for me. But finish what you're going to say. And then I'm going to have to defend myself because Brittany. <laughs> yeah.
2: So <laughs> when the other couple in our boat committed to getting out, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get out and swim the rapids, too, because like when else am I going to have this experience? You basically swim
0: through them instead of riding them on the raft.
2: Yes. Okay. So he said, when you get into the water, put your feet out in front of you, lay on your back and just float through them. And so I'm like, okay, no big deal. It's just like, you know, lying in a bathtub and floating, right? But no, even these class one rapids, the waves are crashing on your face. And when you get in the water, the water's cold. It's probably like 50 degree water if not cooler, although you are wearing a wetsuit and that helps you, there is still some like shock factor because your, your face is exposed, your hands are exposed, Mm -hmm. all of that. So when I first got in, like you kind of like gasp because you're like trying to breathe. (laughs) And then all of this water is like pouring on your face. And so then I realized as I swam through those rapids, as fun as it was, I was like, I can't fall out. Like throughout the rest of this because i can't imagine falling out in class three class four class five rapids it would have been crazy yikes but don't you kind of get hit by
1: rocks well that's why they're the swimmer rapids these were really really light and they said this is like the only place where if you got out it would be okay because the rocks are far enough from the surface that you're not going to hit them like they create enough rapids for you to go through it but you won't hit the rocks. But that's why they tell you feet first is because Mm -hmm. if you hit the rocks, they want your feet to hit it and not your head, not the side of your body. And so that's why you should float down that way. But I see they advised us that the rocks are away from this area, like further under that you really shouldn't hit it.
2: And so while we were going through the first part of the rafting experience, Jamal and I were towards the back of the raft. There was two couples sitting in front of us and Mike was at the very end. And then we made it to lunch. And right before lunch, Our raft almost flipped like (laughs) we were vertical up in the air. We got that on video. It looked like we were going to flip in that one. And Mike and everyone else that
0: was watching us also thought we were going to. Is that the one where Mike in the back goes like completely under?
1: No, that was the somebody else that you had saw. So when Brittany said there were seven of us in the boat, like the three couples, including us, plus Mike, there were more people on our tour There were two other boats that were full. So the guide that you saw that went under in the back, and that was somebody else. I forgot what his name was, but that wasn't our guide, Mike.
2: We kind of dropped down, and so everyone in the oh. front, like move forward. So all of the weight was like going down and then Mike was popping up in the back. Oh, that's where you guys
0: all tumbled onto each other. Yeah. Yeah. And the and guy the- broke his oar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and they tell you it's actually a paddle, not an oar, Kim. Oh. I have to throw that out there. But yeah, there was so much pressure from all of us falling in on each other. He hit it on his girlfriend who was with us and he busted his uh, paddle.
0: See, I watched the video and I feel like I was on the trip. Yeah, you were.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go back real quick and defend myself when Brittany was saying, hey, it's too cold for Jamal to get in the it water. <laughs> no, that's not what it He's was. He's having a
2: freak out. No, on no, no, no. no. I,
1: I just need to defend myself. I had this conversation with uh, Brittany, which is funny because... The couple in front, the one who broke his paddle, he was the one who was thinking first, like, oh, I should get out. And then when he decided that he was gonna get out, his girlfriend did. And I told Brittany after the fact, it was funny because I could read Brittany's facial expressions pretty well, I would think, and hope after 14 years that I could figure it out. And I watched her whole mental thinking process unfold through her facial expressions. (laughs) It was like, oh God, should I get out now? And then I could see her getting the FOMO, but the thought process was, do I want to get wet this early, like fully, fully wet? And I like, I knew it. I watched it and I told her what the breakdown was. She said, yeah, that's true. But (laughs) I did not get out because this was still like right when we had first gotten in. And like I said, we got onto the water around 1130. So lunch was sooner around the corner than not. And I said, I don't want to be soaked wet for lunch. So I'm not getting out. And then our tour guide Mike he even heard me said that's actually a really really smart idea. So I didn't get out because I didn't want to be soaked for lunch. I didn't want to be wet and uncomfortable for that. That was my main reason. Were
0: there other opportunities later on after lunch to swim through the rapids?
1: Not to swim because it isn't voluntarily safe to swim through the rapids. There were no
0: I, more level and, 1.
1: No, no, no. I mean there was level 1s but not the ones that like you should oh. swim in because the rocks are more exposed i mean if you fall out it is what it is but to just voluntarily they say like no right mm-hmm. um but there was an opportunity in the sense that after lunch they pulled us over to the side of the river in a calm area like right before rapids where there's a jumping rock so we went to this rock and everybody decided to jump it's like 20 25 feet up And we get out of the rafts on the side, hike up, and then we uh, were able to just jump into the water. So I partook in that. It wasn't not wanting to get cold. I didn't want to be uncomfortable for lunch.
2: I also partook in that. And after lunch, we got to switch who rode in what area. So Jamal and I got front of the raft. We were up front in all of that action. And I felt like that's when we hit more of like the class four, class five rapids. So we were really getting pelted with like that water. And
0: it was a it was a crazy, really fun experience. It was super exhilarating. So you guys were in the back at some point and then you're in the front. Would you say like where's the most ideal spot in the raft?
1: Gosh, I really don't know if there's a most ideal. It depends on what you want, quite honestly. I mean, the front is fun because you're seeing it, especially when you have like the big dips that come uh, and then you can actually see down there. Yeah, so like I said, it depends on what you want. In terms of like ideal, I think it's a crapshoot. By ideal, do you mean less likely to fall out? I think anywhere you are, you're probably likely to fall out depending on. So, But in terms of what you want to see, I think the front is fun. What
0: about least scary? Least
2: scary, I would probably say... Maybe in the middle. All right. That's where you'll find me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kim's like in you the have middle. Someone
2: like in front of you, you have someone behind you. Like you're kind of like secure in there. You can
0: kind of pretend to paddle, but
1: <laughs> if you don't paddle, you're going to get hollered at by your guide. I can tell you that.
2: <laughs> so it was a lot of, lot of fun. Um, we had a really amazing experience. It was like, When we had gone to Shenandoah, I was like, this is a really awesome trip. Like, I love the hike. And then Jamal at the end was like, which national park did you like more? And I was like, definitely New River Gorge because it was just such
0: a unique experience. I love national parks. There's so many cool things you can do. Like I naively in the past thought it was just hiking and mountains, but it's not. You can go snorkeling, you can go cave exploring, you can go whitewater rafting. It's insane out there. You can go to
1: bathhouses.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. God, I just want to go to a national park now.
1: This was a really fun one. I enjoyed it. The scenery out there was great. The whitewater rafting was amazing. I told this to Brittany. I mean, it's so stupid. We grew up close to Sacramento. We have the Sacramento and American River. The American River is more known for its whitewater rafting and good ones. And we never did it. And we lived right by it. I did when
0: I was a kid. I remember having a really crazy time out there with family.
1: Yeah, see, I never done it. And it it bothers me. Like, I lived by it the majority of my life and never did it. And it's so fun. We did do
0: Cache Creeks rapids. And those are (laughs) insane.
1: (laughs) Well, those are pretty insane. But uh, we didn't do it whitewater rafting. We were stupid. I mean, I don't know how you did it. But I've mentioned this to you guys before. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever said this on air. I would get inflatable tubes that you could get like at Walmart, the Walgreens or Target. Yeah, yeah, that, that that should be for pools. You know what I mean? For nice, calm water. And then we took these out onto these big rapids out there and went tubing down the river. And I've had instances where it's cheap plastic and it popped Half on me. Half of them would I'd, pop. Yeah, and then your ass is scraping on the rocks because it's so yeah. shallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how I survived that. Let's put it that way. That, that was crazy That experience. was
0: prepping you for a New River
2: Gorge. It was, it was. Yeah. And so one of the awesome things, too, is like when you get towards the end, we actually floated with our raft under the New River Gorge Bridge, which was pretty cool to oh, see cool. like that aspect from the water and looking up at it. And then we docked really soon after that and like you help load up your raft and they get it all deflated and then you load up on a bus. As you walk up the bus, there's a big ass cooler filled with beer. Mm, That's a sight to see. So like you're just like, yeah, I made it through the day. And what's really cool too is like the camaraderie with your group. Like you've never met these people before, but you're having a lot of fun with them. And every time we like made it through a, a rapid, we would all put our paddles up and do like a paddle high five and you know we're all like cheering each other on and then like we get to enjoy these beers with each other at the end
1: yeah and our guide it was funny as soon as we got on the bus he said drink up now as much as you want because as soon as you get back to the base camp, he said that's when you got to start paying for it because like I said <laughs> their, their whole area is really like a resort with the cabins the restaurant bar everything so you'll buy it at the bar if you want but they're like get your fill now I wish I could have but we were driving after that back to Williamsburg which was a five-hour drive so I only had the one and then we ate at the restaurant and had dinner after the fact while we were waiting for that video to be edited of us whitewater rafting for us to check out so that was uh, our experience and it was amazing
2: Yeah, so we had dinner up at the bar and they played the video for us so that we could all see and like Everyone kind of sticked around to watch the video and then Jamal and I
0: left to go back to Williamsburg that night
1: That's fun. It was super fun. I had a great time on both these national parks really really unique both of them
0: So New River Gorge you guys did this whitewater rafting. Did you just do one day there just this? Yes. What else is there to do there?
2: lots of hiking. A lot of people also go rock climbing or bouldering and like free soloing because there's really big cliffs to go into that area as
0: well. Mm. But so if you could do it again, would you have wanted more time there? Yes, I would have liked more time to go hiking there.
1: Like I said, if you only have time for one thing, you got to do the whitewater rafting. I would hike there if I had more time, but that wouldn't be my priority over whitewater I'm rafting. I'm
0: surprised you guys didn't get up at like 3 a.m., get a hike in. Oh, no, no, no. no.
1: <laughs> Definitely didn't. Well, a- after that nine-mile hike the day before at Shenandoah, negative.
0: You know, I'm a little, I don't know if I'm proud or disappointed, but I heard you guys slept a lot on this trip.
2: <laughs> so not these two days, but the day that we left... New River Gorge, so that night after we were at the bar, watched the video play, Jamal and I had a five hour drive back to Williamsburg and we get into Williamsburg, we need gas too. And I'm looking at like Gas Buddy and almost half of the gas stations are out of gas. So we're like, we have to Crazy. find a gas station tonight because we don't know what the situation is going to be like. I was in the like, morning. it's going
1: to be worse tomorrow, right? So That's by my the thought. time
2: we get settled, it's like midnight, 1230. And the next day we were going to go to Bush Gardens in Williamsburg for their food and wine festival Ooh. and they didn't open the park until 3 pm so jamal and i went to bed at like 12 30 and we slept until like 10 30 the oh next God. day which that was like...
1: our biggest sleep in kim so we That's were up and early we were up early
2: yeah and then all we did was like literally get ready the next day and then go to bush Gardens. so we got a good amount of sleep after those two back-to-back days of super fun packed adventure
1: One thing I just want to say last real quick about New River Gorge, it was funny talking to our guide and other people in the area. I mean, again, it was a national river, national recreation area, again, still under the jurisdiction of the National Park Service before it became a national park. But there's talk saying how now that it's at national park level, obviously it's going to drive visitors. That's the main reason why Brittany and I went, right? We knew of it before, but opted not to do it. Then it became a national park and said we had to go. So They are concerned with the influx because they're saying as a town and in that area, they're not really ready in terms of like enough hotels, enough restaurants, enough other stuff. So if you go soon and there's that influx, just, you know, be patient. The city, this came unexpected and unexpected legislation in December. They just kind of really threw it in. So they're trying to figure it out themselves and how they're going to do, but all around really fun in that area.
0: Sounds like a fun trip. And you guys kind of use these two national parks to make a whole week out of it and see some of the other stuff in the area. So that's awesome. I mean, America, the beautiful has so many different things. You know, West Virginia is like almost the complete opposite side of the country from where we live. So it's, it's just really cool that you guys went all the way over there to explore it.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I would go back and do some more in both of those national parks in the fall. You have to see it in the fall. Yes. I'm really glad we saw it in May because it was really, really lush and green. But yes, I think in the fall with all of the reds and browns and yellows and oranges, I think it would be even
1: more beautiful. We need to go back when they have the bridge festival.
0: Oh, hell yeah.
1: And we could watch people being catapulted off and do some base jumping off of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'll even try it yourself. I don't know about that.
2: (laughs) Apparently, too, there is a way to do like a catwalk underneath the bridge on like the steel ramps, I guess, or the steel structures. You can be strapped in and do like a catwalk across the bridge.
1: Oh, yeah. they had That was one of our thoughts of what we were going to do also. And uh, obviously, we didn't do it. It wasn't going to be that or whitewater rafting. We were going to do that and whitewater if we could sneak in the time. We just didn't have it. So if you don't want to be that adventurous, you can walk across the bottom of the bridge, have a straight view down.
0: I don't know which one's more adventurous. (laughs) (laughs) Hard to pick at this point. All right. So we don't have any questions of the week officially this week because we had a lot of questions come through as you guys were documenting this trip on our Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast. And so I was asking some of those questions as we were going through. So any last words before we close
2: this one out? I just recommend that all of you guys go enjoy both of these national parks. They're not far from each other and just see what Virginia and West Virginia have to offer.
1: Yeah, I love California. Love growing up here. I'm fortunate enough that we've actually traveled a lot within the United States, but other than New York and Florida really haven't done some East coast exploring. And I was, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised. Like I thought it wasn't going to be nice, but it's just a different scenic beauty than you have out here on the West coast. And that made it all the more exciting, just like a different look of America. And it was great.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. All right, Squatties, thank you so much for tuning in to our episode this week. Keep the adventures going with us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast and send us in your questions of the week so we can feature you next week.
1: If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, you know it. Please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes.
2: Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing and fun adventures and tips in store for you.
1: Bye, Bye everybody.